1: Relentless,
0: refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Hello, and welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast presented by Prize Picks. I'm your host, Samantha Praviti. Every Thursday here on this podcast, I will be answering your mailbag questions, which you can submit for future shows to mailbag at action dot Today, I am super excited to be joined by my colleague, Brandon Anderson, who is an NFL and NBA writer. Dual sports, I love it, like multi-sport athletes over here at Action Network, who you can find on Twitter at Wheaton Brando. Hi, Brandon. How are you doing?
1: I am doing well. NBA preseason is back. So, yes, it's dual sports season here in my household. But, yeah, NFL October. I don't know where September went. Like, how are we on week (laughs) five already? These games are flying by. But yeah, I'm, I'm ready to dig in and, and play two sports every weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. Like this season is flying by and not in a good way because I'm already getting like, oh my God, like it's it's already like this much over. But yeah, I mean, I was literally writing a, a couple articles this like earlier this week and putting week four in it. Cause my brain still has not like adjusted <laughs> that we're five, like we're five weeks in. So it's, it's yeah. definitely pretty crazy. Do you have any crazy cool takeaways from week four?
1: Well, my takeaway from week four is that I'm always excited. I was really excited that the bye weeks moved back because I was like, yes, then after week four, we will officially be 25% of the way through the season. But no, we had to have the stupid 17th game and all my fractions and percentages are screwed up now. Four to 17 is nothing. Nobody cares what that number is. I have no idea what that is. We're nothing percentage of the season. Nobody knows anymore. So that's my takeaway. You know, Roger Goodell, quit being so greedy and just let us watch some football and do normal fractions.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I am super excited about this slate. Um, Thursday, we get an awesome game, uh, Rams Seahawks, which I think will be a total bonanza game. Um, and then we get a London game, which is very exciting. You're not excited about it, but it's <laughs> uh, very you know, exciting.
1: We send we somehow we managed to send the absolute worst games of the week to London, like Falcons and Jets. Who is setting their alarm to get up for this game? Like Londoners should take a nap in the afternoon during this game. It is a terrible game. I don't even know if it's a great fantasy game. Both of these offenses have been horrible. Like the, the Jets are on a win streak, so maybe they'll get their second win in a row and keep the good times going. But I don't know. If we're going to have London football and and go from like 8 in the morning until midnight, at least can we make it? Give us one good team, like <laughs> 60 to nothing. That'd be fine. Falcons against the Bucks. Great. I'll let Tom Brady score a whole bunch of touchdowns. But I don't know. L- London, well, let's just say this. Fantasy owners, set your lineup Saturday night. I can't tell you how many times I've forgotten to set my lineup and now it's Sunday morning. And I'm like, oh, no, there was a stupid game in London again. So get your lineup in early.
0: Yeah, don't lie to yourselves and tell you- yourselves that you're going to do it in the morning because you're no. not. That's like the lie that we all tell ourselves that we're going to get gas in the morning and like That never works out. So um, in terms of a fantasy game, I mean, I don't know, like the the total is 46 for this game, which I think is generous. And like the Jets have kept their games pretty low scoring, Um, like their defense has looked semi good. Um, The Falcons defense is obviously terrible, but on the other side of the ball, it's Zach Wilson throwing them and they don't really have too, too many like exciting players on that team. So I don't know. There's yeah. not too much of an appeal for me. Um, you're probably starting the normal guys and sitting the normal guys. Like you're, you're probably starting Calvin Ridley in this game. Hope he can get it done. Haven't seen him at all this season. So uh, yeah, let, this could let's, be good let's just game.
1: if your Sunday is looking a little cramped, if you're going to make some time for the family and not watch the entire day of football, go ahead and skip Sunday morning and tune in Sunday night for the uh, the bills and the chiefs game. That's the one you want to watch. That like that's a, you know, a possible AFC championship, a lot of points there, any game with the chiefs, you're getting points on that one. So if you got to pick and choose a little <laughs> bit, let's just say I won't be taking too long to decide between jets, Falcons and bills chiefs <laughs> at night. But I, I got to ask you though, this is not really a fancy question. It is a football question. Christmas came early for you today, just an hour or two ago. Your Carolina Panthers have a big new addition. What do you think?
0: That is super exciting. You know, I saw that he was, um, I mean, they were talking about the trade earlier this morning and I was in my head, like, I can't jinx it. I can't even post about it on Twitter. And I post everything. Like, I'm like, I just drink milk. Like, and then that's what's going on Twitter. (laughs) But, But I was like, can't post about it because like, I'll jinx it. And I was just super happy to see that. And I feel like that is quite the discount for, uh Gilmore at 2023, 20, 6th. So certainly feels like a good move and I'm and I'm happy for them. They obviously need some secondary help. Um JC Horn went out early. So um yeah, just I'm overall very happy for them. Would, do you have any how
1: many how many of your fantasy team names have you already changed to Gilmore Girl?
0: <laughs> Zero, but that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, definitely watch that Sunday night game over this, uh, Sunday morning game. I I mean, the cool thing about being me, like cool thing about being me is that I have no like family obligations. So I get to watch whatever games I want to watch. But anyway, let us dive into some mailbag questions, Brandon. I'm so thankful that everyone sent in some really good ones. So let's kick it off.
1: Yes. It was a popular week to be Ryan. So we start out with a Ryan email. Good afternoon, Samantha. Love the pod and the whole gang at Action. So I'm in that 0 4 bucket you're talking about, and I need some help with my running back and receiver situation They never seem to make the right plays. Story of my life, right? Uh, I am playing in a PPR league, open to opinions on all slots. So starting two receivers, two running backs, and a flex. Feel free to cover just one of the positions. For this week, here are the options. So running back. Antonio Gibson, Chuba Hubbard, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Damian Harris, Elijah Mitchell, and Damian Williams off waivers. And then at receiver, Tyler Lockett, Sterling Shepard, Robert Woods, Chase Claypool, Hunter Renfro, and Cole Beasley. Thanks much. That is a lot of mostly nothing. Where do we start with that?
0: That is definitely a lot. I mean, I think the the team doesn't look terrible or anything like that though it does feel like it's like missing like a first round pick so maybe they had um cmc or something like that um so i mean first of all i just want to say to the, my own four friends that i started zero and five one year and still won the league like you can definitely make it work i know it's it sounds like crazy but you can sneak in with like a seven and seven record or something this year and still make the playoffs. I, I think you need to be very keen on waivers and everything um, and obviously make the right start to decisions. So thank you very much for the support. And I'm so glad you trust us with our your lineup of decisions. Um, I'm going to start with receivers since I think there's like fewer options here. So that's Lockett, Shepard, Woods, Claypool, Renfro and Beasley. Um, There's still a good chance that Shepard and Claypool don't play this week. They didn't play last week. And I don't really know that I'm interested in them either way. Like, I think they're just maybe like dart throws at this point, because honestly, like I'm I'm not sure that there's any receivers on the Giants that I really trust. Um, Shepard had looked good, but, you know, there's a lot of guys there. There's Kenny Galladay had a good game without um, without Shepard and Slayton, as did Kadarius Tony. So, not super interested there. Claypool has been the biggest casualty of Big Ben, I think, this season. It's just really a shame because it just, his skill set of like stretching the field just does not align with Ben Rothersberger's now. Limited skill set, but yeah, he he's definitely taking a hit. I don't think he's startable. So, um looking at the other guys, Hunter Renfro and Cole Beasley, I would put in like that same range in in the same range of each other in that like wide receiver four flex. So it's really to me, I'm I'm starting Lockett in Woods, and I get your trepidation to start either of them because they both kind of been like not as good. Um Lockett had two monster games to start the season, and then Woods had. Uh, Sorry, and then had two pretty bad games. Um, He's dealing with a hip injury. So hopefully he's trending in the right direction. I think that it's just one of those offenses, though, and one of those guys that's just so high upside. I don't see you sitting him. And the same thing with Woods. I mean, that's same game. I think it's going to be a big game with a lot of points on each side. Sean McVay says he wants to get the ball more to Robert Woods. But like, how do you know when Sean McVay is lying when his lips are moving? I don't know. Um, But, you know, hopefully that's true for for fantasy managers. So I am going with Woods and Lockett. As for running backs, this one is you have a lot of options, which is obviously really good. Um, I think that Gibson, Edwards-Hilaire. Harris and Williams are kind of all in that same tier, like high-end RB2s. So that's really great that you have four of those options. Hubbard and Mitchell, and that's assuming Mitchell plays this week. I'm putting in that like RB3 flex territory. Um, I think your running backs are better than receivers. And even though there's like obviously the impulse to start receivers in a PPR league in your flex, I think they're just so much better. So Gibson's the no brainer of this group. And then I am probably going Harris and Williams. I think they have the best matchups at Houston and at Las Vegas. I know Harris really disappointed on uh, Sunday night. Uh, the whole Patriots rushing game, though, was just like. They they complete. I don't even want to say like they abandoned the run. Like I don't, I don't know what no, you no, call they it. Did,
1: they, <laughs> did. they abandoned the run.
0: What do you call it when you have negative one rushing yards yeah, like no, that? They they
1: fully knew what they were doing. Bill <laughs> Belichick knows that you don't run on Tampa and was just like, all right, well we just won't try them.
0: Yeah. So like I I think that that's kind of a blip on the radar type thing. Like Tampa's run defense is just too tough. So I start those two plus Gibson over Edward Eller, so who I think has the worst matchup of the group. What say you?
1: Yeah, I think Lockett and Woods are the receivers that stand out. We want guys in those NFC West matchups because there's going to be some real shootout potential there. So as long as they're healthy, you definitely want them in Lockett's the sort of guy that can be doing nothing like literally zero catches and then catch an ADR touchdown on any play whenever, you know, whenever uh, Russ decides to just chuck one of those moon balls up. So I think they're the easy plays I agree with Damien Harris, too. I think this is a spot where he could get maybe a breakout game. I remember watching back week one, and I had not thought too highly of Damien Harris coming into the season, and I thought he was a really impressive runner in that game. He was hitting the hole well. He was getting into good lanes. Their offensive line hasn't held up so well lately, and then they're not running as much. But this is a spot for Harris against the Texans where the Patriots, like we know what Belichick does in these games when he's like, yeah, we're going to win this game. We're just going to run the ball, short passes, play defense, and get out of here with the win. Belichick dominates these rookie quarterbacks, and that means lots of running, and it's a great spot for Harris against not a good run defense. So I think that, you know, there's a gamble with him because you never know if he's going to get touches like last week. But you got to play the matchup. You don't want to play a running back against Tampa. We've seen Dallas did that too. They just didn't even try to run. They didn't even, you know, pretend against Tampa. So we know that now it's all right. It's a different week. You got to have a short memory and fantasy. So I agree. Damien Harris is the other one that stood out in there. So I look for him to have a big game this week.
0: Yeah. Whatever text, the Texans point total is, I'm going under, it could be seven and a am under <laughs> like, Phil Belichick is probably just going to shut them out. So fair point. I certainly like that in terms of like game script um, hit me with the next question.
1: All right. We've got a question from Josh. We're going to dynasty question here. So would you trade Michael Pittman and next year's first pick in the second round? So 2.01 for chase Claypool And he adds that he has a whole lot of picks here. He has four first rounders next year and six first rounders in 2023. That is a good rebuild right there. So he says, losing the two, I don't care. I just want the better player. So what do you think, Pittman or Claypool?
0: Wow, that's a whole lot of picks. <laughs> um, congrats. I assume you've been losing for a number of years, but no, great, great rebuild, Build, I think. Um, very impressive. So yeah, in terms of comparing Claypool to Pittman, um, I'm definitely going Pittman. He's having a low key, nice breakout season in spite of some shaky quarterback play, has seen at least eight targets in three of four games this year. And he was having a good rookie campaign last year before the injury. I think he's one of those guys like he's kind of like in that T Higgins group that like just totally got forgotten about because they like didn't finish the season, but they were doing well. I, I think he has a very bright future, especially if the Colts make an upgrade at quarterback soon. As far as Claypool goes, we just talked about him. There's no denying he's talented though. He's been having some, a little bit of bad catch syndrome, but he's always kind of been that boomer bus guy who's ceiling is significant lower with Ben Roethlisberger now just not being able to throw it downfield. I don't know. I mean, even when he's healthy, like, and he's not healthy right now, he's pretty much unplayable. I think better days are ahead for him, but that's probably next year. Like that's when, whenever the Steelers decide to make a like to try to get another quarterback. I don't know if that's, that could be this season. Like, I don't, I don't know, but like it, it until that point, until I see who's there, like, what if they get a rookie and you know, it's it, that limits his potential. So too much uncertainty. I am going Pittman. What about you? Yeah, I think
1: I definitely like Pittman better here. I think I'd rather just have Pittman straight up than play because he definitely has been breaking out a little bit. Carson Wentz loves to lock on to one favorite receiver and then just go back to him often. And Pittman is kind of the guy there, you know, T Y Hilton is out and there just aren't many other options. So Wentz loves tight ends, but Pittman is the receiver that's going to have the big games. And remember that division, which division do you want to be playing your games against Baltimore and Cleveland? And even Cincinnati's defense has been very good this year or Tennessee and Houston and Jacksonville. Pretty easy question on that one. So Uh, I'm not even sure that Claypool is the better long-term value because we don't know what Pittsburgh's quarterback will be. It's not going to be a big Ben. We know that it's already not really, but they don't have, there's nobody waiting in the wings, you know? So maybe it's a veteran, maybe they draft a rookie, but that's not necessarily good. You know, look at the rookie quarterbacks this year. We're not exactly lining up to start all their receivers either. So uh, I think the play here is to keep Pittman You've got 10 picks, first rounders the next couple of years, start ponying up, like put put Pittman and and add in two picks, three picks and make your target a little higher. Claypool, not a high enough target. Go get somebody really good. Blow someone away with that, like Pittman plus three picks for whoever that, you know, top. Yeah, exactly. Like go get a top five or 10 receiver and use those picks for something really good.
0: Totally, totally agree. The situation in Pittsburgh is not great. I am going to say that Deontay Johnson is the only startable receiver on that team. All right, let us move on to question three.
1: All right, Brian writes, would you rather have Kenny Gainwell over Tony Pollard in a redraft?
0: Yes, it is really close. By the way, Kenny kind of Gainwell, I, I literally posted one of those like Bernie memes that like I am once again asking you to pick up Canon Gainwell because this has been like four weeks in a row that I've been on the Gainwell train. Um like okay, so for week five, like the immediate term, i probably put Pollard over Gainwell. Um, but I think Gainwell ends up Outscoring Pollard rest of season. Um, the Eagles' running back situation is trending towards a split backfield with Miles Sanders. He hasn't looked great. I mean, he recorded seven carries for 13 yards, which is absolutely abysmal. Caught three passes for 34 yards, but Gainwell had three carries for 31 yards and a touchdown, and caught six of eight targets for 58 yards. I love his usage in the passing game. It's really exciting. Pollard has some standalone value, like we've seen him be useful even when Ezekiel Elliott isn't hurt, but much to the zero RBers dismay, um, he is being outtouched by Ezekiel Elliott 45 to 71 this season. I think he does need an injury to, to Elliott to become the alpha in this offense. While Gainwell could probably just do that on his own by outperforming Miles Sanders.
1: So I got to go the other way on this one, but I don't disagree with anything you said. I think it's just a different uh, sort of Theory on how I play fantasy is I just I like to be a lot more aggressive and to me if you're at a spot where you are going to be relying on Kenny Gainwell like weekly or close to weekly you've already lost the battle like Gainwell is not going to save your fantasy season Tony Pollard could save your fantasy season if things work out right I agree that from week to week Gainwell is probably going to be a little bit better certainly higher floor on any given week Pollard might just do nothing uh, but. Pollard has been PFF pro football Focus's number one, most efficient running back for the season. Dallas's offensive line looks really good. Again, Zeke has looked good, but it's looked good because that line has been so good. Pollard is catching some passes. So that helps a little bit. If a number one running back went down and then the fill in had to take their spot. Is there any person, any handcuff in the league you'd rather have than Tony Pollard? He's gotta be number one, right?
0: No, he's definitely number one. There are a lot of guys like Derrick Henry, even CMC, who like don't have really great backups. Um, Saquon Barkley, another name. Like there are just a number of guys that just don't have like a good another option. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely the most valuable insurance policy.
1: Yeah. So I think I would just rather have the guy who at any given moment on any play might immediately be a top five running back. Rather than, like, I don't know what Gainwell's upside is, even if he starts to get half of the carries in an offense that's not very good, in a team that probably isn't trending to be very good. So for me, the way that I play, I would rather have Pollard and have the upside and hope to see, you know, if if Zeke goes down in the next few weeks for a longer-term injury, Pollard is the sort of guy that wins your league for you. So I'd much rather have that than Gainwell, but that's just – I'd rather roll the dice than played it safer for me.
0: Fair enough. I think it also just depends on like who you have in your roster. If you have to start yeah. with them right now, like it, I mean, like you said, if you're in that position, you may have lost the battle already, <laughs> but well, let's not think that way.
1: <laughs> yeah. Good, good thoughts, Brian. Good thoughts. All right. Let's go to question number four from at Osprey Rob. He writes, what do you suggest I do with George Kittle? Full PPR, tight end flex eligibility, not much on waivers and I don't have a backup. So what do we do with Kittle?
0: Pray. I don't know. <laughs> no, <laughs> light a I mean candle maybe. <laughs> yeah. Light light the candles, do some dances or whatever to the gods. But no, honestly, like it's yeah, it's been really tough. But like, what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to trade him right now when his value is at its absolute nadir? Um, I mean you gotta wait it out. The good news is that he's been he's tight end eleven through four weeks, which like yeah, that's not returning on investment. Given you probably drafted him at like tight end two or tight end three, but it's also like not Kyle Pitts. Like it's not it's not that situation. So count yourself lucky. Some of us drafted Kyle Pitts. Like um, no, but seriously, I think better days are ahead. I like it. It doesn't matter that Debo Samuel is popping off. Like if. Still, if you ask me five weeks into the season, who would I who do I trust on the 49ers the most? It's still Kittle. It's always going to be Kittle. So um, I think that I would probably try to grab someone off waivers though, just to have like some kind of backup. I know you said there's not much on waivers, so I'm going to assume Dawson Knox and Dalton Schultz are not there. Maybe take a look at Max Williams and Tyler Conklin both of which were widely available going into this waiver cycle. I'm not starting either of them over Kittle right now, but it might be nice to have, especially since Kittle has a speckled injury history.
1: Yeah, I think you're just riding Kittle into the ground at this point. You you don't really have much option. You can't trade him. You're not going to get much. I certainly don't want to be playing, you know, a Conklin or someone like that. I'm not even really a big fan of wasting a roster spot on a second. The whole point of drafting Kittle that high is that you were supposed to, you know, set it and forget it. Just go on with your life. So you just got to forget it. You've had a couple of rough weeks. You've had four (laughs) rough weeks, Uh, but it it can get better. Maybe Trey Lance gets in the lineup and I think that would help Kittle because that seems like the sort of target that a rookie quarterback would lock onto someone short in, in the short routes. I think you just have to ride it out. And if you are out on Kittle, that's fine. But you still have to wait for one good week and then trade after that. You can't do it now.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, tight end is absolutely a hellscape. I posted about like the top seven tight ends last week, which were like CJ Uzoma, Mo Alley Cox, Max Williams, like just as we all predicted, right?
1: Yeah, it's like we're we're just taking names like off of the Madden simulation. Now it's like, oh, this yeah, this is a name. That's a tight end. Let's (laughs) let him be a top five guy this week.
0: Next up here on the Fantasy Flex is our elite entry segment where we will dive into the prize fix out to build some entries. I'm going to identify some markets I like. You build your own own prize picks entries and all of us have a little fun and make some money so today we are going to look at thursday night plays for week five on prize picks as the rams go on the road to seattle to try to bounce back from their first loss i am like we've already talked about this game now like ad nauseum but i'm very excited about it i think it'll just i mean it's like an exciting fantasy game because i don't think that seattle's defense gets a lot of flack but the rams defense hasn't looked too much better either so (laughs) i think there's gonna be a lot of points so I'll just preface this by saying that all of these props are all Rams props and they're all overs. So, let's um, go. All but, in on the Rams. Let's go. I know. All right. So the first one I like is Matt Stafford, over 299 and a half passing yards. I know that's a huge number, but Seattle's defense ranks fifth worst in the NFL in terms of passing yards allowed per game at 292 and a half. They have faced good teams so far, the Colts, Titans, Vikings, and 49ers, but the Rams will be their best offense and certainly best quarterback they've faced all year. Um Stafford's averaging 305 and a half passing yards per game this year going against much tougher defenses. He's faced the Bears, Colts, Bucks and Cardinals. His entire arsenal of weapons is healthy. I can definitely see him blowing the doors off of Seattle and passing for over 300 yards. Do you think that is too rich for your blood?
1: Definitely not too rich. I think Stafford's going to have a big game. So I definitely would want, you know, all in on Rams overs. Stafford is a good place to start. I think that he's still kind of in the fringe MVP race, even despite last week's game. So this should be a good spot for him to get some numbers.
0: He is, remains the most underrated quarterback in the NFL for me. So wow. definitely a good get right situation for him after a somewhat off game. So next play I like is Cooper Cup over... 84 and a half receiving yards, like this could be hundred. And I'm probably not hundred, but the cup Stafford connection has been ridiculous this season. Like it seemed like for a while, the cup was the only receiver, only pass catcher on the whole field. He has been averaging a whopping 11 and a half targets per game, sort of slow game against the Cardinals, but like they just seem to not be able to get anything working. He caught five of 13, which is terrible for 64 yards, zero touchdowns, but he had scored five times in the previous three weeks. I think, I mean, he's gone well over this number in three or four games this year. I definitely see him doing it against this past defense. Like if it's going to happen, it's going to happen against the Seahawks.
1: Yeah, and I think like part of the strategy here is you want to stack things together that if one happens, the other one does too. So if Stafford has a big game, you better believe Cup's going to be getting some of those catches too. So, you know, he definitely locks on to him. He missed Cup for two or three passes last week that, that normally he'd connect with. Uh, overthrew Cup on a what should have been a touchdown, what was a touchdown all the other weeks. So I think if you're wanting to trade for Cup, this is your window. You may not get too many more windows, but I love the over here
0: awesome um the next one that i like is daryl henderson over 14 and fantasy points just keep in mind this is full ppr so i think that is important especially since Henderson has been more involved in the passing game than I think previously so Seattle ranks dead last in rushing yards allowed per game with 152 yards Um, bodes well for all the Rams running backs yeah I'm a little concerned about how they're going to use Sonny Michelle with Henderson but Henderson has had a quietly good season he scored in both of the first games missed week three then came back and posted 14 carries for 89 yards plus five catches for 27 yards um Seattle's allowing the third most fantasy points to running backs. So I really like him to go over the 14 and a half. I know you don't like this one as
1: much. Well, I mean, I think what you like about Henderson is that Sony Michelle had that really tough fumble last week. Arizona had just scored a touchdown. And so then they get the ball back, hand it off to Michelle off of a touchback and then he immediately fumbles. And then we did not see a lot of them again after that. And Cardinals scored again and kind of put that one away. So it's a good spot to fade Sony Michelle because he's probably 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 in the doghouse, and so it's a good chance for Henderson to get a few extra catches.
0: I love it. All right, the last one that I like is Tyler Higby over three and a half catches. Yeah, I know, like I said, it's another Rams over, but Higby has... Actually, played a pretty significant role in this offense. I think Matt Stafford likes his tight ends. He's had one game that was pretty bad. It was like one catch against the Colts. Um, but he's had at least four catches in every other game this year. So I think that he's just a guy that Stafford feels comfortable throwing to. He's not Cooper Cup, but like who could be Cooper Cup for him? <laughs> like, but you know, I, I I think that Stafford does spread it around. There's a lot of throwing, it's a it's a high volume passing offense. So I do like him to get at least four catches.
1: Yeah, I mean Cooper Cup is like the the emoji with the hard eyes over the top of it, but you know I think I think Higby is a solid smiling emoji. And if, if we're gonna stack the Rams, if Stafford's gonna have a big game and throw it around a lot, Higby should be getting a few catches. So if you're going in, go all in. So we're all in on the Rams. Let's take the overs. Let's let's run up the score.
0: Love it. All right. So we are all in. That is it for our elite entry for Thursday Night Football, going with Matt Stafford over 299 and a half passing yards, Cooper Cup over 84 and a half receiving yards, Daryl Henderson over 14 and a half fantasy points, and Tyler Higby over three and a half catches. As a reminder, you can mix and match fantasy points and player props to make your lineups super spicy. Also, prize fix markets move, so you will want to be nimble to lock in the best numbers. If you have not created a prize fix account yet, please check out the link in our episode description because because PrizePix has a special offer for Fantasy Flex listeners. They will match your first deposit up to $100. Just click the link in our episode description or visit prizepix.com and use promo code Action Ten. All right, let us just keep it moving here on our mailbag episode.
1: All right, so question number five comes from Tyler. This is a two-parter, so let's do just part one first. For Flex Spot this week, Marquise Brown, Josh Jacobs, or Cordero Patterson, and thoughts on Patterson going forward.
0: Uh, All right. So without knowing the scoring, I am going to lean Patterson in any format with points per reception, half or full. I like Brown a lot. I mean, he did have that crazy like video game like catch in last in week four. But Rashad Bateman could be coming back as soon as this week. Indy's past defense has been pretty good this year. I think he's a swing for the fences type guy. So, like, if you happen to think, like, you're going to lose, like, if you're way behind, like, your team is way worse than the other team, I could totally see you putting him in instead. Um, I don't hate it, like I said, uh, but I like Patterson more. In terms of Jacobs, he might get the slight edge in standard leagues. But, like I said, I mean, to go into Patterson, rather, uh, he's just – been on fire this season it's kind of a I did not have this on my bingo card of like breakout (laughs) candidates I don't know if you did like do you want a victory lap this moment (laughs) I'm serious like I don't know who had like a Cordero Patterson breakout season especially with Arthur Smith who I feel like is not the guy that you just like expect to be super crafty with like offensive schemes like we literally saw Derrick Henry run it like 50 times a game and have no catches so um you know I mean it's kind of crazy 82 yards in each of the last two games through the air he scored five times in the last three games with three in the last game I'm sky high on him moving forward even against the Jets who have managed to keep their games pretty low scoring.
1: Yeah, I gotta say as a Vikings fan, I'm not appreciating this Cordero Patterson breakout. I mean, it was like a decade ago that my Vikings, you know, spent such a high pick on him and I thought I had moved on. I thought I was okay. And now here he is putting up the numbers that he was all supposed to do for Minnesota years ago. Look, I was big on Mike Davis this year. That was one of my big sleepers and you can't really cut him yet. Cause you put a high pick on him probably, but Davis has, has really been marginalized because Patterson has, continues to do so well. So I think you just have to ride the hot hand. I don't know how long I believe it will last, you know, you, he's not a running back, he's a receiver. So he's going to take a hit or two at some point. And I'm not sure that he's going to get back up from that wrong hit when it comes. Uh, but for now, while he's doing this, while he's catching three touchdowns a week, you got to play a Patterson. So I like him Tyler's second half of this question Of the following, who would you most want to sell on? Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler, DeAndre Swift, Stefan Diggs, or Calvin Ridley?
0: Oh, my God. Like, this this list is really tough because... I would say Diggs and Ridley, like in Mixon to an extent too, like you're probably selling low on them at this point. Um, like for sure, Ridley uh, digs a little bit. And then Mixon, if you're selling someone who's hurt at the time, like you, you know, you're not going to get the same value because there's especially that uncertainty of what they're going to look like when they do come back, if they do come back. I mean, Mixon though could play this week. So it's really like not... Cut and dry, um, and then Eckler and Swift. I mean, they're just they're bell cows, and that is really hard to come by. So, I don't know. Maybe see what you can get for Diggs or Ridley, preferable, preferably Ridley, because I am okay deleveraging myself from the Falcons.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I will say, don't trade Diggs right now. They're playing the Chiefs this week. Never trade a player <laughs> right before they yeah. play the Chiefs. Trade them after they play the <laughs> Chiefs if you want to make your move. So. I don't know. I think I would keep Diggs. Buffalo will be fine. Uh, They're not having to do too much right now with the defense, just shutting everyone out, but Mm -hmm. that's going to rebalance in time. Eckler is my guy. That was one of my big sleepers coming to the year. Well, not really a sleeper, but uh, a league winner type guy for me. So I wouldn't want to move him for me. Ridley is a guy I was never super high on. So if you get a chance to sell high after a big game, then yeah, like you said, I might be happy to get out of Atlanta's way and Detroit running backs just you know, since Barry Sanders, nothing. So I've never been a Detroit running back guy. So I know Swift has been doing well. I just don't believe in Detroit running backs. So I I would rather get out of that for someone that I like a little better, even though I know that he's been putting up some numbers.
0: Yeah. If there's a running back that I'm moving, it's Swift of those two, for sure. So I agree with you on that.
1: All right, we've got another one of our Ryan questions, or maybe Ryan is just back for a second question.
0: So <laughs> no, it's Ryan right. Ryan's.
1: yeah, okay. Yeah, well, there there's probably more than one Ryan out there. Maybe this is Matt Ryan. Maybe he's writing out.
0: <laughs> Matt Ryan is asking me for fantasy advice. Love to see. Yeah. It.
1: Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan should not ask you for fancy advice because you are not a big fan of Matt Ryan and the Falcons right now. You may not give him the the kindest advice. I think Matt
0: Ryan should focus on himself, like and getting yeah. Calvin Ridley the ball more.
1: That's and Kyle Pitts, I think too. For yes. for for, for your teams. All right, this Ryan writes: What is your outlook on the Denver offense with Drew Lock at quarterback? I have Cortland Sutton in one league.
0: Yeah, that's really bad I mean it's it's (laughs) yeah we're
1: really sorry for you Ryan this is not good we don't have good news for you
0: it's especially bad for Sutton like of the pass catchers because he just seems to not have the best uh sort of relationship with Jerry Judy out he's supposed to be the alpha in this offense but he caught three of eight passes for 47 yards and he actually led the team in receiving so like that is a testament to how bad that passing attack was Tim Patrick was held to three catches on six targets for 39 yards. So all around unimpressive, Uh, Noah Fant did end up scoring, but he scored from Teddy Bridgewater. So I I don't know that said, I don't want to panic quite yet because according to Broncos insider, Benjamin Albright and friend of the podcast, there is internal optimism that Bridgewater can start on Sunday. He's probably not going to start all week. Like he actually can't be a full participant because he's in the protocol until Friday. So I would definitely keep an eye on that. Um, Like if he plays, I think that Sutton could put up wide receiver two numbers, but if he doesn't, I, I, I think it's more of a flex dart throw um, with Locke. What about, what do you think about the Broncos with Locke?
1: Let's stick with the emoji theme and just go with poop emoji on this one. I don't want any part of it. I don't want to bet on Denver. I don't want anything to do with Drew Locke. It's not great. So I'm sorry, Teddy. Look, all that we learned about Drew Locke last week is we are reminded why Denver made the right choice starting Teddy Bridgewater. So, Teddy, get healthy, get back in the lineup, take your time if you need to. We'll see you soon, buddy.
0: Love All right. to
1: see it. Uh, let's go to Sox fan 28. Congrats on the big win last night. No or if you're a Chicago fan, then uh, no, I'm a Cubs fan. So we don't <laughs> like you. So the Sox fan 28, I'm going to assume his name is also Ryan. What do you think of Nick Chubb and Mike Evans for Henry in a Keeper League?
0: This one's tough. Um, I do really like trades. We are sitting two for one um, because you were upgrading your team and it makes way for another roster spot that you can add someone that maybe has high upside or something, or is a longer term play. So in theory, this is great, but I think you're giving up a lot. Like you're, I think you're selling low on Chubb and Evans who have been a little underwhelming these past weeks, like um, really more so Chubb, because he was outscored by Hunt in the last two weeks. I would like this trade much better if you sent a slightly less good receiver in the package, but if you happen to be really, really strong at receiver and can afford to lose Evans, I think it's it's fine. Like Henry is such a stud and his workload gives you a really guaranteed floor. I don't see that changing like year over year either. So in terms of keeper value, he has great keeper value. Plus, it doesn't hurt that tractor Cito season aligns with the fantasy playoffs.
1: Yeah, that's true. I think if you are Mr. Sox fan 28 or Ms. Sox fan 28. <laughs> If you are hoping to go all in and try to win the league this year, then maybe I consider this because obviously, obviously Derrick Henry is the far and away number one running back right now. However, I am a fan of history (laughs) and history says that Derrick Henry can't keep doing this forever. And I said that before the season and I've looked very stupid for the first month (laughs) because We're handing it off to him 45 times a game. He's running for hundreds of yards. He's playing Jacksonville this week, which is a team that he has absolutely crushed in the past. So probably another big week ahead for him. But history says when guys hit that 370 touches wall, like he did, you just don't keep doing that forever. And I fear with Henry, you're getting it. the price can't possibly be any higher. This is the absolute best that he is. I hate trading for guys on that spot. Chubb is, is, you know, the, the rocket going up and the Browns are a run team. They have a great offensive line. There are very few guys that I would want to have rather than Chubb going forward. Would I rather have Henry this year than Chubb? Probably though I still am fading Henry. I'd be looking to trade him. If I had him, I definitely would rather have Chubb long-term even without adding in Evans. So I think if you are just desperate to go all in and risk it for the biscuit and get Henry this year for the championship, I can see it. But for me personally, I just stay away from guys that have that huge of a workload because I feel like the end is nigh.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would give this trade like a C. I without seeing the rest of Sox fans team, um, like I said, I think it's just you're giving up too much, and like you said, it is just Henry's absolute apex, so it is not the best spot.
1: What do you think? Is this a Red Sox fan or a White Sox fan?
0: It's a Red Sox fan because it's uh, I'm pretty sure. I, hold on, I linked to their profile. Okay. Yeah, and they have a. Well, that's no
1: fun. I wanted to speculate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Well, okay, and it
1: congrats, is... congrats on your win, and uh, you know I've got a hundred twenty to one ticket on a Sox Cardinals world series that might already be gone by the time that you listen to this, if the Cardinals <laughs> don't beat the Dodgers, but you know what? Go, go Sox. Let's see what we can do.
0: No, I hope you have a miserable off season. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. Let's go to our question from Jimmy. Poor Jimmy is 0 and 4. He writes, why am I 0 and 4? What can I do to improve? I need help crying emoji. Here's my team's standard league scoring. So, quarterback, he's got Kyler Murray. Well, that's a good start. Yeah, right. <laughs> Running back, Ezekiel Elliott, David Montgomery, D'Andre Swift, Chuba Hubbard. Receivers, he's got Devontae Adams, Mike Williams, Deontay Johnson, Devontae Smith, and Julio Jones. Tight end Logan Thomas and Evan Ingram. Kicker and in defense also are present. So, what do you want to do with this roster, and is he buried at 0-4?
0: No, I mean, like I said before, like there, there is—I'm not counting you out at 0 and 4 for sure. And I actually think this is a very strong team. So, uh, congrats on savvy drafting and waiver wire moves. Um, it just stinks to your 0 and 4. But like, I have a couple teams. I have one team that's 0 and 4 right now, and it's honestly been really bad luck. Like, I don't think it's a—I don't think it's a 4 and 0 team. But it like certainly does not feel like an 0 and 4 team. Um, and this doesn't feel like an 0 and 4 team. But like. It, it just appears that your team's been hit by some pretty unfortunate injuries. David Montgomery is out four to five weeks, though he did produce in the, the last game um, when he did go out. Deontay Johnson missed week three, Julio Jones and Logan Thomas missed week four, and Evan Ingram missed weeks one and two. So, I mean, that's unfortunate, but there's really nothing you can do about it injuries. Um, I think you're doing a number of things, right? I mean, you grabbed Hubbard, which tells me you're pretty active on the waiver wire. I think that's really that and making good trades are going to be key to winning a championship. Um, so in terms of trading, I think you're really stacked at receiver. Um, I think you could try to shop one of those guys for a third running back, um, with Montgomery out or upgrade upgraded tight end, since you kind of have middle of the road tight end. Uh, options here. You have three really solid receivers in Adams, Williams, and Johnson for if you count Jones once he comes back. And I don't think that that's necessarily a long-term thing. I also think positive touchdown regression <laughs> yeah, will come for, for Julio and Williams. I'm not freaking out about, about one bad game. That was a weird game that they just wanted to keep giving the ball to Justin Jackson. And I was so, so frustrated. I was like, this team hates my, my fantasy team. So, um, but yeah, any one of those guys could be flipped for RB two or better or potentially a better tight end. If you packaged one of them with like Thomas or Ingram, like you could send Thomas plus Johnson, for example, maybe for maybe TJ Hawkinson, cause he's a nice buy low candidate off of two bad games. So keep your head up. Don't give up. Um, and yeah, just keep listening and we can give you more advice.
1: Yeah, you know, you're you're one one away from one and four, and then we go from there. So I, I think this is a pretty good roster. I'm trying to figure out exactly how this this roster is 0 and four right now. You know, Kyler has had monster games so far. Zeke has had a, a good start to the year. You know, the injuries have been tough, but I like this roster. If I were the team facing this roster this week, I would not be excited. I'd be like, okay, I, there are a lot of ways I can lose to this team right here. I really like the receiver depth on the team too. I've got my eye on Devante Smith. He's been looking really good for the Eagles, uh, just running good routes, getting open a lot. Jalen Hurts is locking on to him often. So I don't mind, you know, I, I like Mike Williams. He's broken out well. The receiver depth, I think, on this team is the strength. So if you, you know, if Julio gets back and has a nice game and you can trade him, upgrade your second running back, upgrade your tight end, I think that's the move. If you, if you, can use your wide receiver's strength to your advantage and be able to play some of those a little bit better. And don't trade Kyler Murray. Don't trade Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott. You got to hang on to the guys that are producing for you. I know it can be easy if you're 0-4 to do the like one for two trades and try to get a couple guys in there. I don't think this lineup needs that necessarily. No, they have so, a lot of depth. Yeah. There, there are guys on this team. If you get a better tight end, a more reliable one, that's a good start here. But even like, like Thomas and Ingram. I mean, if you don't have one of the top guys, then I'm not sure that that's really much worse than the other yeah. options. Um it's a good roster. It it sucks to be owned for it sucks. You've had all the injuries, but fantasy is hard. Sometimes you lose games and and frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a team that, you know, scored the third most points in a week but happened to face the first or second. It's the breaks of head to head sometimes. So, you know, have you had you play a lot of fantasy, I know. Have you had teams where you've been 0-4 and 4 that have redeemed themselves, or is this just too big of a hole?
0: No, you can definitely, definitely redeem yourself. Like I said, I think as long as you are active on the waiver wire, sometimes have. Well, first of all, side note, uh, Gen Z has lost their mind because there are people that will literally comment on my waiver wire videos on TikTok that are like, if you're playing the waiver wire, you've already lost. Like, and I'm like, what is, what is your problem? Like Damian Williams is going to be a top 24 running back this week. Like you can definitely find people. Elijah Mitchell, I mean, he got hurt, but like he was a guy that was certainly producing. You can find people every single year. So don't listen be present on the waiver wire and then make trades. Like a lot of leagues, it's really tough to trade in. So I get that a lot of people just don't trade because like it's just no one, val- like everyone values their teams better and their players better. So it, it's a little tougher. I think the way to do it is send out a lot of trades. Don't lowball people though, like too, too much because it's insulting. And when you're trading, like I think it's better, sometimes you get better value if it's like a bigger trade with like, three players or something like that because um, maybe it's maybe it's a matter of like you're confusing the other person but i think you can get better value than just like a one for one um so certainly stay active there and get a better kicker young who is definitely a good dude but um the falcons offense has been pretty bad so i would get a kicker from a better offense
1: That's true. I, sorry, I I left young who out of the question, but yes, don't, don't trade for kicker, but there's gotta be someone on waivers that you can grab there. Yeah. Don't give up. I think too. Don't forget the one thing I complained earlier about 17 games. Hey, that's one extra week for you to try to turn your season around and get back into the playoffs. We've got a lot of games out there still, you know, I think, I think probably what are leagues uh, 14 weeks. So yeah. you probably can't lose too many more games. You maybe only can lose two more games and maybe three, if you have a high point total and win some tiebreakers, but you know, let's just get a couple of wins, get the first one. You, you got to start somewhere. I do. Samantha, I have one more question that just came in for you from another own four team. Are you ready for one more? <laughs> okay. All right. So this person says, dear Samantha, I need help. My team is own four and going nowhere fast. My roster is in shambles, and I'm used to playing in a four-team league where I can just pick anyone I want off of waivers. Plus, some jagoff stole Tim Tebow in the third round, and he won't respond to my trade offers. My quarterback won't stop giving the ball to the other team. My whole roster sucks. Is there like some rule where you can trade your whole roster to someone else? <laughs> I hate this team. I feel like I'm losing them. Also, apparently this is a keeper league. Ugh, I'm sick of these losers. How does that even work? Do I need to resign? Uh, sorry, re-sign them? I always forget that hyphen anyway had a great feeling about sunday but trust me it was not the fantasy weekend i was expecting now my wife and kids are on my case too by the way is action hour hiring thanks urban m
0: <laughs> thank you so much for that uh hilarious ending to the podcast <laughs> my urban meyer tiktok went viral by the way which i've been super psyched about um very funny all right um that will do it for this mailbag episode as a reminder sean kerner and chris raybon i will be here every monday wednesday and friday giving you guys all the dfs waiver wire and rankings info to help you dominate your fantasy leagues i will be back on tuesday with another round of 21 questions and next thursday with another mailbag episode so don't forget please send me any mailbag questions to mailbag at actionnetwork.com please um thank you again for listening please rate and review our show on apple podcasts download us wherever you like to listen and we will see you next time on the fantasy flex presented by prize picks peace out you're